Yes. Y'all brothers are some fathers, man. Some fathers. Zero. Black in the room, man. Let us see it. Open honesty on the table, guys, where our mission is to cultivate a space of where vulnerability, transparency, and humble curiosity serve to healthy roots for individual and collective progress. How we doing, guys? How we doing this week? Doing good. What's going on? Talk to me. How you week been? Focused, um, active. Uh, we've been prepping for this. Uh, excited about it. I actually ended up giving my pops his birthday gift a little bit earlier than expected, just because I could, I could, I could help him. Yes, yeah, a tradition. <laughs> it's a tradition. We've been doing it. We've been doing this like we never even when we did Christmas. Like it was always Christmas Eve. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was yeah. My father, he started it. So yeah, I just carried it on. Carried it on. So I passed it on. Yeah. So I was, I was happy about that. I was happy for him to get the gift. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I know me. Per usual. <laughs> Chilling. <man. laughs> I do my thing, right? Like, I stay focused, I stay on the mission, I stay on my path. And I just, I let God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know some crazy. I know some crazy. got this picture of, of you playing basketball at college. Like you know, a basketball pitch. I swear, I thought it was him. I was like, bro, what's going on, bro? Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's, that's back in the days. But uh, I had a good week this week. Um, just enrolled in school, so I'm okay. excited about that. Go and uh, trying to get some hands on. Just, just cause. I like that. Man, busy man on the grind. You know, get your hands in many pots. Um, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. I was like, uh, "It's funny how a wealthy man is busy." Mm. You know, a wealthy man, not just in the sense of financial, but just mentally too. You're always busy, just trying to do your part, pay it forward, and um, also just try to take care of self. That that does require some work. That does require some time. But, you know, I'm managing it all, you know, to Lowe's point. You know, it's all through God's grace that I'm here. So I have to take advantage of that while I'm here. Uh, but it's good. Good week. Uh, my week is good, man. Um, same thing, Joe. You, you know, just trying to uh, put things in perspective. You know, this week, working hard, um, wealthy. You're right. You know, it doesn't mean cash flow or whatever all the time, just a healthy, smooth lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. being able to transition from day to day. Uh, getting rest is a big thing for me right now because I'm, uh, I'm very, I had a lot going on. Um, and uh, just trying to stay focused and keep it, keep it in the road. Okay. All right. like to hear that. So let's see. How um, you doing, Mike? How am I doing? Let's see. Uh, I don't know if I told y'all. But I had rededicated my life to Christ oh. uh, not too long ago. Um, just a, just a rededication. I've already was saved when I was younger, so I didn't need to confess that. But I uh, realized that I need to get back in. You know, I was I made a lot of individual progress financially, and I would say you know moving from getting out of the military in my career wise, you know, making that transition. But I realized I was very empty spiritually. That it affected a lot. Of things that went on inside my own house so um yeah i'm excited for this journey that i'm on right now this process um and i just uh you know you guys are not, i know you guys are spiritual people so just pray for me man um you know keep me um keep me in check too you know what i'm saying like there's things i'm trying to do I'm trying to stop cussing it's a big thing for me i'm trying to get that take that out of my vocabulary so 
That's I'm, I'm giving myself six months on that. That's process. Process. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah, it's work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get there, man. I'm trying to get there. So y'all just help me out on that. That's all I have. Start somewhere. So yeah, I appreciate day, it. One day at a time. I, Easy done. I need that. So uh, we're going to go ahead and um, break bread. So we're going to start off with the health tip. All right. All right. So we're going to talk about pulmonary health. Pulmonary health is a respiratory system in lungs. African Americans are disproportionately affected by the diseases that affect the respiratory system. Um, lung cancer is second most common um, in African Americans. Uh, for us as men, uh, we are 37% more likely to be affected by the disease than whites. Some of the risk factors include, you know, smoking, environmental factors, family history, and adjacent cancer diagnosis. So you can be diagnosed with, like, you know, pancreatic or prostate cancer. It also can intensify and increase the susceptibility to lung cancer as well. Um, African American children have the highest prevalence of asthma. Risk factors include, you know, genetics, socioeconomics, educational awareness, access to insurance and exposure to allergens and other environmental factors can play a role. But let's talk about the prevention. Uh, don't smoke. Uh, be sure to check for mold and install carbon monoxide detectors. Um, improve the indoor quality in your home and go outside more often. Doing aerobic and breathing exercises also is very key. And seeking lung screenings through your primary care physician and through your insurance is also very vital as well. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know. Put down my list. Yeah, long screen right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, y'all. So let's breaking bread. Also, we have the financial tip. We're going to talk about how to maintain a good credit. Uh, we got five simple steps. I'm going to keep it simple. First step is understanding how your credit score is calculated. You know, your payment history is 35%. The amount you owe is 30. The length of your credit history is 15. New credit you apply for, new credit, uh, trade lines or credit lines is about 10%. And the type of credit you use is another 10. That's your full 100. Number two would be always pay your bills on time. Uh, keep your credit utilization below 30%. I say technically below 16. Yeah, I'm about 15, uh, 15, yeah, 15 16. Yeah, do 10%. Give yourself some leverage just in case. And then also stay up to date, stay up to date on your credit score and your report. So on annualcreditscore.com, you get a one free full credit report every year. And also make sure your oldest credit account stays open. Because, you know, once you delete that credit line, it kind of depletes your credit. And that credit history, again, I said is 35% of what your credit score is based on. Um, also, how to uh, steps to establish business accounts as far as business credit. First, you want to build your foundation. When I say that, basically your LLC, your S-Corp, or your C-Corp. Let me know if I miss anything. <laughs> you're going to register your business. Also, you're going to get your Duns and Backstreet number. And then within that, you're going to get your terms of vendors. When I say that, that means your your net 30, 60, or 90s. With also with that, you want to um, get a business a, a proper business phone number to to establish. And um, as we discussed earlier, you want to do your what do you say trademarks, mm -hmm. copyright, copyright, mm -hmm. and all that to one um, secure your business and also protect your business. And then the next step would be open a business account, checking and savings. Um, make sure you uh, pay your net 30s on time to also build that 
that, that lender leverage to file for more business credit lines and also just, you know, maintain your credit as you do your personal credit. You got anything else to that? I want to add something to that actually too. Um, also, just as important as to get a business number, it's also very important to have a business address and you want to separate from your home address as well. Um, that's very one thing I've learned throughout my process of different businesses. Uh, you know, make sure you do that. It's actually very simple. You can get a kind of like a PO box in a sense, um, like at Staples, they offer it. Uh, that's where I have a lot of my business mail going to is Staples, but I use their address as my address for my business. So that way there's nothing that ties my personal stuff to my business entity because we are two separate things. So that's just a big thing too. Also, I would recommend to also get a business email account. Not, not, not whatever your business is at Gmail or Yahoo.com. Have it say your business.com. It's very, it's very cheap to get a, a domain name, five bucks a year. To get an email on that, it's another 10 bucks a year. So you're paying 15 bucks to have, to look established at least before you, you know, you, you walk into your blessing. So that's another thing I just add. And, and I, and I add quickly, a commercial register agent is, is critical. And the reason why I say that is because otherwise you'll be using your personal address and it's public record. So in establishing a business, creating a corporate identity is important. And so similar to the birthing of a child, it needs to have its own name. It needs to have its own social security number. It needs to be separate from you. So a lot of times for us, we try to go the easy route. Oh, I don't want to pay $9.99 for an iPostal U.S. business address. I don't want to I don't want to pay $100, $125 for a commercial registered agent. And now you've created a situation to where your business is looking personal. So now when you're thinking about five, because always be thinking about capital in the back of your mind. Always be thinking about there's a lawsuit that's looming around the corner at any moment, at any time. And now that I know it's so easy to find you, I know I can figure out what you own. I know where you live. I know where your children. So think about that. And then the last thing I say is um, in terms of your operating agreement, again, a lot of us as black people, historically, predominantly, we have single member LLCs, sole proprietorships. You need to make sure that you have a carefully tailored operating agreement for your single member LLC. And you want to make sure that you're structuring it in a way where it makes sense. One of the most important aspects is the capitalization table, right? The reason why the capitalization table is so important because you have to put a number on how much equity you put into the business, right? So whatever your equity is, you say that you own 100% of it, you need to be able to put a certain cash value attached to that. The reason why that is important is that in the event that you are potentially sued and you're thinking about your company, the judge will look at what, how much did this person invest into the company? And they'll look at your operating agreement and they'll say, okay, $500. So now you position yourself strategically to where as much as you can get is going to be the $500. Mm. So, so this is this is you thinking in advance about your business entity because again you can be sued any event that you don't you know no piercing of the corporate veil no bad faith no fraud of course but this these are just little small strategies that we can use to protect ourselves and mitigate our liabilities so I just want to make sure I emphasize the capitalization table and we'll do another episode where I break that down but I like that it's good. that's why we have our meeting that's why we have exactly. yeah exactly. <laughs> That's good. All right, so we're going to slide into the main course. Black fathers are irreplaceable. Yes, What's going on, Black fathers? How y'all doing, man? Y'all looking good. With it, man. <laughs> I love it, man. So the questions I have, the question I have for you is, what was your initial reactions after watching the Manhood and Fathers episode, and what are your thoughts of the podcast overall? 
I'll go first. Y'all mind? Um, just proud. To actually, see my son just, just deaf, just spilling out the things that he was taught growing up. Not just by myself, by my family. Our family is very tight knit, from my father to my mother, and on and on. And they helped raise this young man to what he is now. So just to see him do these things, it's, it's like watching a movie, like a superhero movie. This guy, he all over the place. But that's what I expect of him, you know. So some parts of me shocked, and some parts of me, ah, that's my boy. If y'all can understand where I'm coming from, yeah. you know. But I'm just proud. That's, that's, that's the one thing. One, one, and they go for all you young brothers, y'all. And y'all guys, y'all got it going on. I like I like y'all dynamics. All alphas, y'all alpha males working as together. You have your part, your part, your part, your part. Y'all able to fall back, no ego. That's very important for our folks. Mm -hmm. The ego. Want to be the big dog. And when I seen y'all guys, how y'all, everybody got their spot. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And looking forward to seeing more of it. You feel me? Yes, thank y'all, bro. I can say thank y'all. Appreciate it. Keep doing it. Thank you for watching. Oh, yeah. He did. I'm proud as well. Um, and um, my initial take on it was uh, just that, man. I was proud to see you guys able to come together, like my brother said, and do something together collectively as young black males, man. It's awesome. I always say, um, that our young brothers are doing way better than the media gives us credit for. We'll see shootings every day on TV, but I'll never see this. You know what I mean? So that's that's the biggest thing, man, for me, you know, to watch y'all on this platform doing something together, you know, as brothers and it's to uplift us all, you know, something that's that's meaningful. You know, the things that we don't get credit for. You guys don't get credit for in this young generation, man. You know, they'll, they'll sooner put a gun in your hand than they will a mic in front of you giving out the sauce that you, that, that we all need. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about some credit stuff, man. I'm in here. I'm all ears because <laughs> I can't wait to pick your brain, man, mm -hmm. because I I, uh, I suffer from some fear of wanting to move forward and building my own business, you know. <sighs> and, and with you and you guys, the information that I, I can get from you guys, It'll set me up in a space where I can overcome that fear. You know what I'm saying? It's really simple to do, you know, with taking the right steps and having the right people in your corner. So to see my son able to help me move forward in some things that I want to do is amazing to me. It's like I didn't see that coming. You know, I would have sooner thought I would have got the information from uh, Big Elijah than. <laughs> You know, my son, like, I would have went to him first. But now I know I can come to you guys, you know. You know, the seeds that was planted is... And it's, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm proud. Very proud. Yes, I'm proud, too, because uh, it's amazing just to see just young men just actually come together, put their brains together to develop tools that will help other young men. And I'm really proud of Marlo because he had a business mind when he was young. 
And now that he's developing and moving forward, it helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I learned a lot from him because he likes to read. I'm not, I like to read, but, but on my own terms. So he reads a lot, he studies a lot, and he gives me the ambition to do more. So I'm really proud of him. Okay, that's all I hear. All right, so fathers, describe your son and what you respect about him as a man in this current stage. And on the opposite, sons, I want you to tell me what's the like. What do you admire about your father the most? Um, proud of this guy on so many levels. Just um, the tenacity. You know, we used to, we used to tease each other about the OCD. You know, he would, he goes hard for whatever it is. You know, he stays. He's know how to lock in and get focused and go hard in whatever area. You know, I've seen you do it physically with your, your gym thing, your school, you know, your family. You know, um, you was in Jersey and when you came back, you said, uh, I'm going to get with my grandmother and my, my aunts. And you, know, you started making rounds and I used on all the scenes and all that shit. You know, just your tenacity for able to put your mind to what you want to do and carry it out. Very, 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 very proud of you for that guy. Because I was, I'm scatterbrained. I um, I can come up with some great ideas, but I didn't have that stick to itness that that you have. And I like that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, that, that you, everything that I envision for myself, you're doing. You know, and um, so, no matter what I thought I was doing in raising you, you caught it. You you got it. You know, they say you didn't have to uh, catch up. You just catch on. And you caught on, man. And I'm proud of you for that. And uh, regardless of what some of the holes may be in a relationship or whatever, you, you got the gist and you ran with it. I'm proud of you for that. You know. Thank you. And, um... <clears throat> I'll just respond to that. I think it'll just create that linearity going down the line. Uh, what I admired and still admire about you is that I'm seeing my reflection. So all the things that you were teaching me and putting me on when I was younger, I remember that. And that's why I hold it so dear because, you know, when I look at you, I do see myself literally, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, wow. Um, when you're making decisions and you may make costly decisions that may lead to mistakes. Sometimes I think, even though it's all a part of your, your growth and learning, I'm just speaking for myself. But when I made those choices, those mistakes, I would think like, dad taught me this, or dad would say this or, or that I knew better. Mm. So I will feel the shame. I will feel that shame or that guilt or that accountability casted down from your eyes, even if you weren't present. And then that would be something that I would use to correct myself and move forward. And um, I also admire the fact that you are always open um, to talk and to, to, to have me to lean on. And you would lean on me, too. So it would just be, it would be a mutual thing. Um, and that gave me enough reassurance to know that I can do it because 
you gave me the foundation to do it. Um, it may not be from like a materialistic thing, but from a principle standpoint. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, I'll never forget growing up, you know, you telling me leave the lines in the carpet when I'm vacuuming, make up the bed, make sure if I if the bed and stuff isn't made up by this time, by the time you, you get to the house for lunch, I'm going to have to settle for what's ever in the fridge and not that Wendy's that was outside of the complex. You know what I'm saying? So those little moments of, you know, delayed gratification and, and then how in terms that little thing became an aspect of exercising self-respect that you would want to make up your bed in the morning and you would want to make sure everything is nice and neat and you would want to make sure you know you're well kept but when you're young you're just doing it for whatever it is to gratify you but in time because you never waver from doing it I think that's the thing too because I've seen you always continue to maintain a sense of you know well-keptness and and self-respect that was something that I knew I needed to have period so that's something that I grow to admire and continue to appreciate about you is that you know I'm my reflection. I'm continuing to master the things you taught me. What I love about my son is that he does everything that we talked about, uh, what we put in place in our mind, uh, how he just do everything that I wanted to do. He's now doing. So far as going to school, going in the military, securing yourself. Uh, and I got a lot of respect for him. You know what I mean? He, uh, I wasn't in the house during when he was growing up. He actually became the man of the house and respectfully take care of his mom, took care of his daughter, his, his sister. And I really respect him for that because I wasn't there and, you know, those things happen, difficulties, we can talk about that at another time, but I love this guy because he's doing everything I didn't do. Not that I didn't do anything, I went to school and all that, it's just that he planned, he uh, put things in perspective, he's on his grind all the time, every day, you know, and I love him for that. Sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> I like it. I love it. You know, twin. Okay. <laughs> so, Marlo meets Marlo. 93. Yeah. All right. So, we progressing. Well, what I admire most about my dad is his transparency and his accountability. So, even though you wasn't in the home, you know, the divorce situation, like you said, we're gonna talk about that at another time. Your transparency and your honesty about what went on and the accountability that you took taught me a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. So when I was learning from your mistakes, because you was telling me your mistakes, you know, we used to have hour long conversations in the car when you used to get us for the weekends and stuff like that. I was, I'm here with it. Mm-hmm. So now as I'm growing up, I'm reaching 12, 13, one already being the man of the house with uh, mom and little sister, I was taking those notes of, of the accountability that you took and I just went with it. And then also you was big on reading, you know? I remember the thing where I was little 
And you still want me to hop on this hook on phonics. Y'all remember hook on phonics? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't, couldn't stand up there. Like schoolhouse rock, bro. Yeah, man. He wanted me to hook on so bad. I was not feeling it. But I locked yeah. in. I did what I needed to do. And I just appreciate you most just for your transparency. And that just gave me the guidance to, one, be myself. And also be more emotionally in tune as well. You never came to me as, oh, don't cry, don't do this, because, you know, just be in tune with myself and learn how to, one, be vulnerable as well and be transparent. And then I learned that accountability for myself as well. So when I went through my transitions in life, I was able to be self-accountable and also just turn all that into a, to a stern discipline to be focused and to accomplish the things I needed to accomplish in life. So I thank you for that. Appreciate it. Next. <laughs> my son. <laughs> my hero. Um, this guy has mental obedience. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I just see another part of me doing it, it's it's right quick, it's it's weird in a way that us three big dogs that mm-hmm. come from three different places. But man, we raise our son. We, it, it's, it's weird. I'm listening to all, everybody mm-hmm. and all our stories are the same. It's like we one person. Mm-hmm. It's weird to, to everything. What I got to say about my son, y'all already said it. To be honest with you, you everything. Mm-hmm. What y'all said about y'all son, same thing I had. I said, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I really can't go no farther than that. This is just, just I'm just proud, you know. Mm-hmm. And just like I said, I, I, I tell my son, I just see him as a different part of me, mm-hmm. you know, doing what I want to do. The fear that you spoke about, I'm, I'm going through that right now. Wow. And guess who helped me? This dude. <laughs> It's crazy to me. It's this I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. I don't want to throw get thrown off of them, but I'm just really enjoying. I'm, I'm, it feel good, like a therapy session or something. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, my son, man, he just he mentally obedient from that from the time. And we didn't we didn't grow up in he didn't I didn't raise him. Me and his mother, we same same thing. We, we know big dog. We know what we went through on that one. So. But I made sure, as a young father, I was always there. Always. <laughs> every every event, every anything, field trip. Man, I, man, I spent so much money at Walmart on projects, man. It's ridiculous, man, on, on point because of my father. And like I said earlier, I was just doing stuff not even knowing I was doing it. But like I said, at the end of the day, just proud of this guy. I love this dude, man. This is my dude here. Go to war for him, you know. But like I say, the similarities that we all have in our son is weird. It's just, it, it, it's it's shocking, you know, it, that we raise these boys into men and look at them now. Yes. You know, I, I need them all the time. When, when, I, when I got a problem, <laughs> I call this guy. You know, he, he that go-to guy. You know, it went from my father. He was a go-to guy. 
Then my father passed it to me, and now I pass it to him. I fall back, let him do his thing, let him shine. I don't did my shine, so now it's his time. He, he the head of the family now. Everybody go to him now. Me, I'm just old school. I fall back. <laughs> I'm just an advisor now, you know. But like I said, at the end of the day, just proud, man. I, I just, words can't even explain, my son. When you have your boy, you'll see. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Sometimes the words, we got words, but it just, it don't hit the same, you know. But like I said, at the end of the day, just proud that you you, you maintain, you stand your ground, and that's the way you was raised. All right. That, that's what's up. Some good stuff. Pops. And you got, got kids? You got kids? That's something to be proud about yeah. right there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Kids out of way lock and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something to be proud about. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's lovely. You know, I, and, and even answering this question, you know, Pops, you know you've been you you've been you've been my superhero. You and you and granddaddy for a long time. Um just and you never had to say anything. It's just it's what is what I saw you do. You know how 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 you and Granddaddy approach things. And a lot of times, for me as a man, I realized that the shrimp was in the compassion. That even though you know people knew, there's a certain way that you need to approach my pops. There's a certain way that you need to approach my grandfather. But. When they came and they talked to you and my pops here sit down and he talked to me, I never felt like my father was ever coming at me. It was always in my, I've never felt abandoned or it, it was, he was against my interests or there was some type of envy. It, he was, he was always there to, I right, look son. And it, it relaxed, it relaxed me because it, let, it, it allowed me to understand my, my role and how I'm supposed to develop as a man without the ego. Where I can I can come into a room and I can say, okay, this is what you good at. This is your thing. This is your thing. This is my role. All right, this is how we can work together. And my pops was always focused on the bottom line. <laughs> what is the common denominator? I don't care about all this other stuff. Where 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 do we have commonality? And I take that same approach into how I apply whatever I, whatever it is that I do. Um, I think that what I admire most about you. And my grandfather, you never complain. I can't say not one time. Not one time when my pops was like, man, I gotta go to work, man, and go, go, you know, go pay the bills and man, I love work. Look, <laughs> no, like, like, I, like it was when I was growing up and I and I, I you know, uh, before before uh pops had got the house and you know, we were at we were at uh at, at grandma and granddaddy house. And granddaddy get up, you know, for work at 5 a.m., you know, go warm up the uh, the hot links, you know, mm-hmm. and a little saucy sandwich or whatever. And he, I'm talking about it's cold. It's freezing cold out there. And my dad, he works in construction as well. Not one time. And so in my mind, when I'm going through things, I look at my situation. I'm like, I, ain't got, I don't have no kids. I don't have no you got you got you got to lock in. You got to you got to focus because I'm looking I'm looking at what my pops did. And I'm saying, man, that's the that's the standard. You know, that's the bare minimum you could do is not complain about your situation. What are you going to do about it? 
And so it forced me to be problem solving in my mentality, which is it leads to a lot of our conversations on why I approach it the way I do, because my thoughts is like, it's just bottom line. What? what okay, I hear you. What's next? Mm. And the discipline is the next thing that I think was was paramount because my father would call me. Oh, my Lord. Every Saturday morning. Now, you know, we, we weren't in the same house. All right. So when I got my driver's license, that would seem like a reason to come cut the grass. Every day. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what that, what that is. But that, that was it, all of a sudden. It was like, yeah. So yeah, it's like, it's like, yo. This is, why, this is why we stay all stay in apartments. I said, I said, I said, so he would, he would, so this is what he would do. He'd set up the play. Hey, son, uh, look forward to seeing you <laughs> at, at 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. on Saturday. At 8 a.m. on Saturday. I look forward to seeing you at 8 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> It'll be 749. I'm speeding. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm speeding. My pops will call me at 758. Mm. Hey, son, where you at? Uh, I'm in route. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting always in route. He's always in route. He's always in route. I'm in route. I'm in route. I'm in route. I'm in route. You start putting that location on your phone. You know, for real. We had it then. I took the word for it. I'm like, you know, and then and then he would he would make me go in a straight line cutting the grass, and I would be like, man, this is you know, as a child, you just like, man, this is just aggravating. But over time, over time, you understand the importance of the routine, the regiment and the discipline and doing everything, giving it 100 mm-hmm. percent, everything you're giving it 100. You're not. And that that was something that my pops was real bone. You, you're not half assing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that and that's something that we tend to do as a people. Yeah. We we know when we're not we're not putting forth 110 percent. We know we we made a promise to ourselves that we were gonna go to the gym. We didn't commit. We didn't stick to it. We made a promise that we were gonna start whatever venture. We didn't commit. We didn't stick to it. And what my pops used to make if I didn't do it right, I would have to do the whole thing all over. Oh, yeah. And so that was that. So in my mind, that's what was always hunting. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this again. So so I, I say that to say, you know, the discipline, and also lastly is uh, the respect for the hierarchy. Um, I come from a patriarchal, you know, and we we have a we have a hierarchy and we respect the roles and the order. And so the the deference that I saw my father give my grandfather, that's why I even I and it, it, it's subtle. But even me, I'm like, hey, Pops, this your chick. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not a conversation of, oh, well, this is the podcast and I'm here. It's automatic. You know, it, it's, 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 all, it's automatic respect, you know, and we've learned to know how to agree to disagree. And it's respect. Pops, I didn't necessarily agree with this. Da, 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 da. That's cool, son. All they come from my father. And it just, it's just, it's, and, and, and no so, conversation. and so I, I, I say that to say I, I, I truly appreciate that because it allows me to establish order in my own life. Where I know how I need to maneuver and position myself and how I need to interact with certain individuals in terms of just garnering that type of respect and paying respect, which goes back to what I said earlier. When I passed the bar for Georgia, the first place I went was my grandparents' grave because the honor 
of what they did for me to even get here, I pay respect to. So, yeah. Good job. Okay. Oh, I like to hear that's what's up, man. That's all little, little thing. I'm gonna shout out my father real quick. Um, he couldn't be here today. He don't, he don't really do the camera scene. But one thing I respected about my father when he was, when, when I, he was raising me, is that two things. One, my dad was always there. Like, don't matter what was going on, what the situation was, what he had going on. I mean, he would fly from, you know, working from out of state to make sure he's there at the time he said he's gonna be there. Um, so I always respected that about my father. Uh, he gave you his word. He always kept it. That's one thing my, my father always told me, you know, <laughs> my dad said, we always going to come here, you know, with two things, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you always got to keep your word. That's it. Just, two things? I don't want to say the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say the other thing, man, you know, but, um, that's one thing I respected about my father a lot. Um, another thing too is that my dad, he instilled a lot of confidence in me. As a young man, you know, I'm a junior, right? So, you know, oh, he's a senior. Always, he always called me junior, number one son. You know, sorry, Taylor, sorry, Chris, but I'm number one. Um, <laughs> but he always had that confidence in me, and I didn't really realize that until I grew up and walking in the rooms I did. My dad was always, you know, he, he would be the, you know, the loud one, you know, the not the loud one, but the most outspoken. You know, he greets everybody, make sure, hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? Um, and that's all, that's all I, I I would say that those are the things that he instilled in me a lot, which was to keep your word and to also, you know, just be confident. Even if you don't know what you're talking about, be confident. <laughs> you know, make, make friends, you know, talk to people. You're not the smartest person in the room. So I respect my dad for that. So I just wanted to put that out there. You um, what you know, man. You are your father, son. I, I am. I am Straight my father. Up. Mm -hmm. that, which is crazy because... I tried so hard not to be. <laughs> I tried so hard not to be. I tried so hard not to be. Every time somebody's like, you're like your damn daddy. I'm like, yeah. We did too, man. That's just a part of it. It's just the way it is. So, so the next question I have for the fathers is, have you ever thought about your, like looking back on how you raised your sons, have you ever thought about the methods that, or practices that you did to raise your son? In the sense of, you know, do you, like, how would you, I guess, rate your performance as you feel as a father? Like, okay, you know, from him, my son being the man he is now, 29 years old, when he was born, did I have that effect that I wanted to have? Or are there things that I regret? Or are there things that I, you know, that I'm proud of? For mm -hmm. fathers. Uh, I go, um, Rating wise, um, I give myself probably like a ten plus. Okay. Like that. Very confident in myself. Sure. My f everything go back to my father, so you're gonna hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. This, this, he did things for me that I didn't know he was doing at the time. Right. One, one story, y'all. <coughs> uh, I had a hoop ride back in about sixteen. I had speakers and all that stuff in out. You know, we used to bump back then. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I ain't know nothing about the battery. Battery always <laughs> go dead on me. Because I'm bumping all the time. Like park it, go to the store, leave the car running, bumping, bumping, bumping. So one day the battery go dead. Boom. I pay phone. Go pay phone. No, y'all say y'all call your dad, but go to pay phone. <laughs> I say, hey, hey Pop, uh, Man, I'm broke down. I'm at, I'm at the uh, I'm at the auto auto advance. He like, I got the car. There's only one car in the family. Mm -hmm. 
Man, I looked down Jonesville Road. This is this is Morrow. That's where we're from. Look down Jonesville Road. This dude coming to me on a damn bicycle. Ride. <laughs> Ride. I had so many things like that. It just it just programmed me. So when this dude came along, I automatically just I, I just from day one. I, yeah, I give myself a 10 plus on point with it, man. You know what I'm saying? And growing up, he, like I said, being a separate household, man, it really didn't matter. It really, I mean, honestly, it really did not matter. My brother was like your son. Yeah, it, his brother. I mean, it just. It, 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 they were like that. We were just here. They were just there. But it really, it really didn't matter uh, with us growing up in different households. Because my, the way that my father raised me, his influence was so strong on me. I took that and I put it on my son. And his mother, auntie, everybody, I made sure they understand. I'm coming to get my boy. Ain't no, ain't no pressing acts. No disagree on one here, nothing. I need to know what he doing in school. Oh, the field trip, I'm down. Christmas party, we used to have Christmas party back then. I'm down. I'm, I'm down, I'm down. My job, I let him know, hey, go and see my son. All right, all right, Eli, you good? Go ahead, man, you good. So I always had, I always, I'm that guy, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to my son. So like I said, rating-wise, 10 plus, I think I think I did a good job with him. I think my family did a good job because he was raised by strong men and women. Both our family. My, the women in my family, they no joke. They bring it. They southern women. So you got to respect that, you know. And that's how he was raised. He was just raised with love. This, this boy barely cried when he was a baby. Because mm. me and his mother, man, we just we just raised this dude with love. That's all we put into him. Love, love, love. The dude just turned out good, you know. But that, that's where I'm at on that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, <clears throat> I give credit to my dad because we came from a family of 12. Wow. Mm. So we got six boys, six girls, and I'm a, I'm a twin, there's two sets of twins. And the method that he had raising 12 kids was just unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it was amazing, you know what I'm saying? And this man raised 12 kids in a house, two bedrooms, three bedrooms, one for the parents, one for the girls, one for the boys. You got six people, one room, six people in this one. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this dude is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And the method that he had, everybody, he had chores for everybody. He was doing feeding hogs, feeding cows, feeding uh, chickens, feeding everything. You know, we had everything. One thing we go to the store for is for maybe some flour or some ingredients, like salt, pepper, and stuff like that. Everything we grew. Mm -hmm. So the worth ethic was there on point. And if you didn't do your chores, if you didn't do what you're supposed to do, that's the ass woman right there. Straight up off the rip. He ain't holding back. You know what I'm saying? Shoot, you might even disrespect somebody. You get pop upside the head. You ain't know if, you, if it's coming. 
You know right. what I'm saying? So I respect them for disciplining us as having 12 people in the house and everybody is on court. So with that method, I had to, you know, instill that in him so he can be accountable for what he does and as he gets married, if that happens or whatever, <clears throat> he'll have the same, you know, concept. And I rate myself so far as that method and raising him, I won't give myself a 10 because I, I made a lot of mistakes. No, I ain't gonna lie, I made a lot of mistakes. But you know, I correct it as I go and I show him my mistakes on how I made it. And he overcome the mistakes that I made. So I give myself maybe about a seven or eight or something like that. But he taking on the torch now and hopefully if those mistakes wasn't made, he wouldn't probably be here today. And also, so I give you a 10 plus. Yeah. And also, <laughs> we talked about earlier. You know, at the end of the day, you was very transparent in everything yeah. that you did. So everything regardless if you made a mistake or not, exactly. it's yep. still a lesson. Absolutely. And even with that, I have another son out of way a lot before him. Mm. So he's really not my first son. Mm -hmm. With the transparency on that, I told him when he got old enough to understand. I said, look, you're not the first son now. I have another son. But I didn't, wasn't able to either locate him or anything like that. I just found this guy. What's that last year? Two years ago. Two years ago. Two huh. years ago. Man. Wow. That's deep. And I found I'm him two years ago. When I first talked to him, man, we talked on the phone for at least four hours. Mm. Crying. <laughs> I'm crying, he cried. You know what I mean? Because I knew he was out there and I told him and his sister, I said, look, y'all got another brother. I don't know who's that. But I, I go to homecoming every year looking for this guy. Because it happened where I went to school at. You know, Orangeburg, South Carolina. I used to go to Orangeburg, South Carolina, just ride around trying to find this guy. Because back then, in the 80s, he had no phone. Right. He had nothing. You didn't know that person number, that home number, you either gonna go to his house or you ain't gonna get in contact with him. So that was the difficulty of finding him on where he was at. I used to just man <laughs> that thing was like, oh man, I need to find this guy. So I took that when I talked to him, he was here in Atlanta. In 2008, since 2008, he was here in Atlanta. Down the street. 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 Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so proud of him right now for what he's doing, and I'm glad he made the moves he made. And uh, my worry was, how are they two going to get along now? Yeah. There was a big separation. You know what I'm saying? And shoot, it's just like they ain't never been apart. Yeah. It's all you, man. It's, it's all you. Yeah. It's, so so when you had your your oldest son, mm -hmm. your baby boy. Right. When you release yourself out into the universe, no matter all the mistakes you mm -hmm. made, all whatever you did, all your goodness. 
yeah. manifest yeah. to this and to your oldest boy. Absolutely. I'm a spiritual brother, so that's you that's the way I look at the right world. So that's that's what happened. It manifested into this and into your other boy. And that's the way I look at it. friends right now. Like, Perfect. Man, so I'm proud of both of them. I love this, brothers. <laughs> I love this. I love it. As far as uh, methods, I didn't, uh, I, don't, I never looked at it as a method of how I was raising them. I think it was more, uh, it was more spiritual. It was more feeling my way through. I didn't like the methods that my father raised me with. So I wanted to do something a little bit different with my son, you know. And that was being transparent, being there, being talking to him. My father was physical. His methods was physical. You didn't do what he wanted you to do. You was catching the, the, the blow to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I didn't like that. I always felt like uh, I could be talked to. You know, I've actually had a conversation with my father about it. He thought that that was disrespectful. And that was because of the way we were raised, you know. Um, mm. You spare the ride, send the Bible something. You don't spare the ride, something you get your ass for. Spare the ride, spare the ass. Spoil the child. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't like those methods. I wanted to be more transparent with you. I wanted to talk to you. I wanted us to have a dialogue. And uh, that worked. But at the time, as I was raising him, we split at about 10, 12 years old, somewhere in there. It was 14. 14. 14. I was very hands-on with him up until that point. Very good relationship. We was pretty cool. Jay swallowed up on me one time. He got mad at something I told him to do. And uh, he swallowed up because he was playing football, going to the gym. I guess he thought he could take me. <laughs> and, uh, when I was that same age, my father passed when I was 15. I was the same age, about 13 or 14, I did that to my father. And he said, when you have a little Gary, you're going to see and all of this happened with him. And then that's when the light bulb went off with me as to how important it was. I think I'm getting ahead of the questions of, of what it meant for to have that father figure to raise this young man. You know, I didn't get it. I, I, I was always headstrong. I felt like I was smart. I was a straight A student to the 10th grade. Um, I just was ahead of what my father, my father only had an eighth grade education. So by the time I was 13 or 14, I thought I knew more than him because he didn't have the education that I had at that point. Mm -hmm. So stuff he was telling me sound like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I, was, and I disrespected the hierarchy. You know, uh, my father was a, a heck of a provider. He always, my mother never worked when he was alive. But I didn't see, you know, I didn't understand from a child's point of view what it took to raise a family, what it took to pay the bills. You know, I couldn't see all that. I just, I wasn't there yet. So, rating the way I raised him I got today, I got to give myself a 10 because this brother's about to be a doctor. So I did something right. Oh, for real. Whether I want to take credit for it or not. Right. 
man. I did something right. You owed your part. You know what I mean? You owed that. And um, um, so the the method again, um, I don't know if it was a method. It was just more of a a feeling, a spiritual movement and what we did and what we do. You know what I mean? It's not even about trying to make you do anything, although we did have a football issue. <laughs> but that wasn't trying to make you, it was just a path that I saw for you. And then by you making the decision to do what you wanted to do, of course, like you said, you knew I was gonna hold you accountable to that shit. <laughs> I was gonna hold that shit over your head. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew it. So, 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 to give context, I was playing ball and I wanted to stop playing football. And he was like, You can take this all the way if you mm-hmm. want. You really have it in the palm of your hand. And I was like, I want to focus on academics. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, What? <laughs> Academically, that was my exact response. But the guy took off. Like at that point, he was already a pretty good student, but I don't think he got a B sense. And this brother's working on a PhD, summa cum laude, with the bachelor, summa cum laude, with a master's, and still on that same level, going into this um, the doctorate. And I'm I'm proud of you, man. You know. Um, you know, I guess I do have to take some credit for it. Yeah, you know of course, of course. <laughs> you, know, you know what it was going to be. Nah. <laughs> well, this is my man, 100 grand. He uh, took the ball, man, and ran with it, man. You know, and I'm proud of you for that. I like that. I like that. Look at that. That's awesome. Beautiful, brothers. I love it. I love it. All right, so, sons. Yeah. What is something that you couldn't wait to express to your father once you became a man that you kept to yourself due to fear or hesitation? Jen, I'm sorry with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> say, the, say the question again, man. I'm going to say it one more time. All right. So, sons, what is something that you couldn't wait to express to your father once you became a man that you kept to yourself due to fear or hesitation? So does it just have to be fear-based? Would you hold it back? Nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I'll start. I think when me and you had the conversation a few years ago, when I, you know, when I said, uh, you know, when I said a proud thing, Mm -hmm. I think that was the moment where um, that was was it. That was the only thing I needed to say. Um, Because after, you know, dad, uh, uh, my dad and mom had parted when I was 14. Uh, like he said, he I was pretty much his apprentice so, until I was until I was fourteen. So, you know, I spent summers with him. Even when him and mom weren't together, I spent summers with him, and that was just like an extended apprenticeship. And uh, I learned a lot, and I had a really great relationship. Um, you know, of course, there were disagreements along the way, and not too long after I <coughs> swole and rolls up on him, uh, <laughs> and some other things that happened. Um, and then mom and, and pop split. And then just life, life, life just kept moving, man. But I, I think I was very fortunate, very fortunate to be able to close the loop with my father. A lot of men, black men, don't have the opportunity to to grow up 
and mature and to live and experience and grow wisdom enough to come to their father and say, I understand. Mm. I understand everything you was trying to put me on. I understand the things that I was blind to as a child that, you know, that accountability I was trying to hold to you or mom, whatever. I understand. I was very fortunate to be able to continue to live and continue to experience and continue to make mistakes and continue to just just garner my, my life lessons to be able to come back around to 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 you when I was 25 and have that conversation, that open shared conversation. And that was what broke the dam, actually, in terms of any kind of fear, hesitancies, resentment, contempt, all of that mm-hmm. went away when I was 25 and I was able to step up and just say how I felt to you about some of the personal things that may have caused the conflict between you and I or whomever. Um, so now to this day, I mean, I feel like me and you are great. We are, we are, we are. This is, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I could be more proud to be your son now than I ever was growing up. Granted, um, when you're young, you know, you always look at your parents as a superhero. You know, you always admire and, you know, you valorize them just naturally as a child. But when you're an adult and you have your, your, your parent. You just and you're living, you're living as a human being in this life. You see how hard it is to be a black man. You see how hard it is to raise a family. You see how hard it is to try to establish your own and and become self-sufficient. You just have another founder, newfound respect for your your pops for being able to navigate that and continue to be resilient in that as they're in their 40s and 50s and so on, because you are approaching that in your own right too. So you gotta like give them respect and credit for that. Um, because a lot of a lot of people don't stay on that path of of, of uh, self mastery and betterment, and mm. for me and you to constantly have conversations about what's on your mind and what's on my mind, and go back and forth. I know I, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm in a great great position. I'm very fortunate and very blessed to have it. And so, as I stand today, I don't have any anything that's that's worth noting. Anything you know that's left out. What's up, man? Same for me. Um, like I said, we always have transparent conversations. But I know one thing I can piggyback on is uh, you was right. Oh, now I'm right. 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 Yeah, you was right, man. And the only thing I will, I will regret is um, where I get that you was right from. I should have moved in with you. Mm. Oh man, bro, my daddy, oh, we had that conversation my daddy was begging me for years yeah. after years, son, you yeah. need to come with me, son, you need to come with me. Your mama can't raise a man. And I was being a Leo. <laughs> I wasn't hearing that shit, bro. Nah, I'm cool. I'm good. Hey, mama, had, mama had the good life. And my dad had the hard life. And I told the back in, they all came back. Yeah. It became a hard life once I got on my own. And I feel like if I would have just took the opportunity yeah. and just listened, then I feel like I would have been even more further than what I am now. So I just want to say you right. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, my father and I, we tend to be pretty transparent on everything. So one thing that I, I thought about, no names will be mentioned, is prom. Okay. 
And you remember prom? <laughs> <laughs> Junior or senior? Yeah, which one? I, I only went to one. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop, yeah, we got pictures of this. Yeah, this was a this is this was a this was a big big moment. And I remember my 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 father and my mother telling me about how they were high school sweethearts. And then I would speak to my grandfather and you know, we would build brick barbecue pits together. And I asked him, you know, when did you know grandma? And he would tell me high school and, you know, and he was like, I'm not going to fatten up a frog for a snake. I didn't know what that really meant, you know, but it was like, it was like, okay, I get you. And it was, I, I was looking at my relationship at that time, wanting it to be like, you know, this high school sweetheart, you get married, you go on and so forth. And so my parents and the parents of um, the, the young lady I was dating at the time, they were fully invested into, you know, our relationship. It was like our parents were like the council. And so we were going to prom and we had, you know, had a situation set up where, you know, had a hotel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, so, 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 so it's a... You know, and I re- and I remember my mom called. I remember my mom calling my pops like, you know, you need to pay for the hotel, right? You know, so you know, and my pops was like, all right, so I'm gonna go ahead and book it, you know. And we, we we had been together for over a year, and it was genuine love. And I looked at this person, I would be with, I would be with him for the rest of my life at that time. And so I remember, and I I never I never told him this story. So this is this is a good story. <laughs> I remember we get there and. For whatever reason, you know, she's not ready. Okay. And it's four in the morning. And she says, I need to go home. And yeah, yeah, we at the hotel. It's four in the morning. And that means you would have got back from prom around like what, like twelve? Yeah, twelve one. <laughs> and you trying to make trying to make some shape. And because <laughs> because, two hours. because 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 the, the hesitation is like, I'm like you know, I'm making my pops proud. Like, in my mind, you understand? Like, in my mind, this is what I'm internalizing where I'm making my pops proud. Like, you know, I'm, you know, because I didn't just give my, you know, virginity to anybody. I did it with somebody that I'm in love with and I plan on being with. And now we're going to be together forever. So this is my step into manhood. So I'm looking at it like, I'm like, and then pops pay. And I know how my father is with coins. My father, <laughs> you know, like, my, man, my pops is not like to pay any yeah. extra. So I'm like, I'm real roof in. It is. <laughs> So I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at it like I'm looking at it like manhood manhood is on the line. So I'm gonna tell you what I did. So I take it back, I take it back to home, whatever, you know, I'm feeling embarrassed. And I literally go back instead of me going home, which I really wanted to do, I go back to the hotel and I stay there until the morning. Just because I'm thinking that that was what that that you know that that's I'm I'm letting I'm letting I'm letting the fan I look you know I look weak I didn't you know I didn't I, it didn't happen mm-hmm. when I thought it was gonna happen it happened later you know but it but that at that time I'm looking at that with that hesitation of like dang I might be letting my pops down because wow. you know I didn't you know I didn't seal the deal you know what I'm saying so I'm I'm feeling embarrassed humiliated etc so I go back I go back to the hotel I'm in the hotel by myself. You know, I couldn't even sleep, you know, until nine in the morning, until checkout. You know, I leave, I get back, you know, I call pops. You know, I'm, I'm like making it seem like, 
you know, I you thought know. it was all good. Yeah. So, 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 you know, and that that's and I, you know, and I, I never like withheld anything from my father. So that that's like one thing where I can say that was that was a situation where I kind of I felt uncomfortable in that because I was like I felt like I was letting him down as a man. On, on the flip you know? side, I, my expectation was even for you to do anything. Yeah. I mean, your mother said you want to get your room. Get your room. You make a decision. I always talk to you. Hey, you gonna do this or you gonna do that? So my so my expectation, man, I was at home chill. I wasn't even thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the this is the irony. I'm gonna straight up. I wasn't even thinking about I wasn't even thinking the next morning, I ain't thinking nothing about my son did this, did that. Right. I just provided him with something and left it up to him to make a decision on what he wanna do. No pressure. Because I ain't no pressure person anyway. Right. You feel me? I ain't gonna let, I, I won't allow nobody to pressure me. Right. So I'm not gonna do that to him. My father didn't pressure me like that. So I, I would never put him in no, he didn't know at the time, but I would, I would never put him in no situation where he had to make a decision. That, that's serious. Because yeah. I had him at a young age. Yeah. You feel me? So, you know. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's like you know at the time you like nah, I got it. you know so it's and so we go we go through these different things like this you know and and that's why that was like the first that was like literally the first thing I was like that's the only time that I've ever like withheld something initially from my father. That's why I was and, sitting on trying to say yeah, myself. What yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, I would have been like, did you say? Exactly, you know what I'm Eat breakfast. <laughs> man, I was just chilling, man, doing me. I would say that um for myself, you know, since my father's not here, um I'm like you, Marlo, like like bro, you was right like that. Like you was right about everything. Mm. Like when it came to finances, when it came to just Doing things without having a plan, I've learned my I learned those mistakes from my father. He always used to tell me this one thing. He'd be like, "Son, ain't nothing new under the sun." You ever said that to y'all kids? Yeah, ain't nothing yeah, new under the sun. I used to hate that phrase. I'm like, "Bro, something new, Dad." But when I would, when I would think about the lessons that he tried, you know, he, he was teaching me at a young age, I'm like, "Wow!" Like as a man, now I'm really feeling it and really understanding it and, and grasping it. Yeah. Um, I would say this though, um, as far as you know, to answer the question in the sense of, you know, what's something I couldn't express to my father, right? Which I did when we had the first episode of um, The Man right. of Fatherhood. And I called y'all you did, yeah. when it happened. Um, so my dad was like your father. He's, mm-hmm. He was very, very, you know, hands-on when mm-hmm. it came to punishment. Um, to the point to where I was fearful of my father. Um, and I didn't know that fear had stuck with me as a man, mm-hmm. even currently to this day. Now, I love my father, and I have a good relationship with my father, um, but when I say stuff off of fear, like, I was cool, like, I'm, I, I can go a year without talking to my family, and they live, and they live in Stone Mountain, and I thought that was normal to me, you know, going into the military, you know, leaving out, being shipped off, you know, people, people boohooing on the phone, like, oh, I'm a mom, I'm rich, I'm like, man, I'm, I see y'all graduation. I, I, yeah, I see y'all graduation, you know, I didn't write my parents, I didn't, I didn't call my parents every, every time we had a chance. But I didn't really realize that until I started doing therapy. Mm. And then when I started doing therapy, my therapist told me something that, that stuck with me. Even to this day, he said that Michael, the man, Michael Phillips, 
Oh, he's he's amazing. He, he he's doing great. He has a lot of things going for him. But the child inside you mm. is crying out for help. And I didn't really realize that until mm. I saw certain things in my life, you know, that affected it. You know, whether that's relationships, whether that's business, that I moved from a fearful standpoint. You know, I, I was um I have a people people pleasing concept. Right. I'm always, you know, trying to make sure everybody else is good. You know, hey, you know, you know, make sure you're happy. You're happy. But in, inside, I'm dying down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not really speaking up or saying what I want to say. And that's because when I was a child growing up, oh, you better not say nothing. You better not talk back to your father. Even if you didn't agree with something. Right. I, I didn't have that outlet to where I could just have a dialogue with my father and it could be mutually respected mm-hmm. off of one way. It was no, it's my way. Mm-hmm. You're just a child. Forget mm. how you feel. Mm. And this is how we're going to move. And um, it sucked. It, it sucked at the time. You know, I, I didn't really realize. I thought that's just how all black fathers were, to be honest with you. I did. You know, because, you know, my dad was there for me all the time. You know, my dad was a... I'm Eagle Scout, right? So my dad was a scout master. He was raising other people's kids, you know, sons, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I loved it. I loved that about my father, but I was fearful of him. And I always moved off of that. So one of the things, you know, I confronted my father about when we had the episode was that, you know, like, hey, you know, like this affected me and this is how it affected me. Now, it, it was a swollen up conversation. I'll tell you that. <laughs> God, we, uh, you know, we both swollen up on each other because, you know, at that point I was, you know, I, I, come on, doc, talk to me. At that point, I was moving in a sense of um, kind of like, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I you know, grown now. yeah, I'm going beat my chest like I'm grown. You can't tell me nothing, mm-hmm. but I'm still crying in the inside. Mm-hmm. Like, like, damn, dad, like, yeah. you know, like, why did it have to be that method? Why did we have to go through that route? And um, my dad is a completely different man, which is crazy because, mm-hmm. you know, like, so like seeing my brother, my little brother, because I'm a middle child. You know, I'm all, I call myself the black sheep of the family because I, I, didn't, I didn't go down the computer IT path or the computer software engineer path that all my families don't accept me. I went down the military path, entrepreneurship, which I got from my father. Um, and so, you know, seeing my dad, seeing my little brother be, get, you know, raised by my father, like, who is this nigga? <laughs> I just like, this ain't a dude that, that raised me. Like, you know, because, you know, my dad, he, he got more into church, you know, got more into, into faith, which he's always taught me, you know, like to move in faith, right? Um, and seeing that, I, I built a resentment mm. for my father. And I didn't notice it until, like, I was like, Damn, it's been like a year. I haven't talked to my dad. Like, what's what's going on? And it wasn't to my the girl I was dating at the time, my ex fiance. She had said it was like, why don't you, you know, like, why don't we ever, why don't we ever write parents? And I couldn't answer that question. And you know, it, it didn't really, it didn't really, it didn't really dawn on me until I started therapy, until I started going to that, until I started asking those questions. So that would be one of the questions that I would I would have asked my father in front of us would be that like you know growing up why was that why was that your method of raising me when you know when you switched up the method for my little brother it's you know it the result was totally different because my brother's not like me and I, you know if anybody knows me and my little I love my little brother to death I I'm actually not jealous but I envy my little brother because of his confidence, because of his, you know, the way he, you know, the way he asks questions, you know, the way he he moves about things, you know, I, I just, I see and I'm just like, man, like I wish I had that shit. Even about to be 30 years old, I, I do. So 
that's just something I just wanted to share with you guys. That's all. Good so, um, I guess to wrap it up, I want to ask this for the fathers. What does it mean to be a man? And what is masculinity in a healthy way of expressing it? <clears throat> we thought we want to get it. Yeah, I can go first. Uh, <clears throat> to be a man is to be God-fearing. First and foremost, uh, you have to have God in your life uh, because God have a standard too. God have a standard on how he want his people to live, to be guided by. And it's written. So my method of being a man now is you got to go to the Bible straight up. All your answers are there. You know what I'm saying? But you got to read it to understand it because we are peculiar people. Every last one of us in here is special in their own way. Now, and to be a man, to break it down, I mean, you got to be able to take care of a home, a family, provide for that family, and raise that family to fear God. And that's my really positive answer on being a man. And uh, that's where I'm at right now. So far as getting close to God because there's life after death and I believe that. So what I'm trying to find that way because uh, you can only save yourself. Nobody else can do that for you. So, I would uh, put more pressure down. That's the pressure that I put on him now to find out who God is, man, because he's real. You know, and that's pretty much in a, in a nutshell. I'm a. Uh, I have to piggyback on the God piece and uh, definitely uh, God first, you know, and that's new for me. You know, I always was on, worked on self-will, trying to be this man. Um, Y'all last episode, or the episodes you guys shot on manhood, uh, Mike and Elijah, you, you guys are going back and forth about uh, about uh, resiliency, sort of. What do you do when the chips are down? Kind of what is what what shows you adversity, mm -hmm. what shows you what a man is, mm -hmm. is what I kind of was raised on. You know, okay, yeah, I got a million a day, but if I wake up tomorrow and only got a hundred thousand, what kind of dude are you? Can you can you fight to get that back, uh, or will you just lay down and? accept what you where you are you know type of deal you know so that's what manhood looks like for me in our community you know if i see a brother that's getting knocked down and now he's 20 years in prison he comes out now he has his own business and he's you know that's what manhood looked like to us and i to me in my community for as long as i can remember 
you know, um, those were always the real men to me. You know, those are the ones I kind of wanted to pattern myself behind. You know, when I get my ass whooped, am I going to be able to bounce back and still win the confidence and all this of my peers and community and my family? You know, did I lay down or get at? You know what I mean? And um, so that's what it looked like for me. And uh, kind of tried to instill that in my guys. You know, we don't lay down, man. We we keep it pushing. Um, so that's that's where where I'm at. With. That's right. That's good, bro. Uh, my view on that, being a man, falls back to providing for the family. Not only providing, just being a leader to your family and people surrounding your family because people are always observing you. My father was a leader in our family and the community. He was Mr. Porter. Now I'm Mr. Porter. To my nieces, my nephews, my neighbors, everybody always observing. People at work, coworkers, everything. So being a man, that's that's very important to me is my, my the way that I present myself to others. And being a leader and showing my family how we can move forward. Back to my son, he the leader now of the family. I'm just an advisor, fall back. I see something, I see him falling short, I'm gonna pull him to the side. I had a conversation with him, not in front of everybody, but mm -hmm. that man to man, mm -hmm. the masculinity, that proudness, you know, that strongness. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the guard fear, oh yes, we was raised like that from from a baby, you know, coming from the deep south, that was that was a mandatory Sunday morning, Sunday school, not not church, Sunday school, you know. And then you go for that, you probably get home about five o'clock. So I was raised with those values, and I passed them along to my kids, you know. So just being a man and just being a leader, being proud, you know, pushing that family forward pushing the people around you forward, that gravitational pull. Mm. That's the way I look at it as, as the man factor in my life. And I best pass that along to my boys, my, my nephews. They, they all watching me all the time. Uncle Elijah, Uncle Elijah, what you gonna do? You gonna see, you know? So that's that's how I feel about that. Okay. So so now I'm gonna make this, make this question quick. I know we gotta wrap this up, but for the sun, right? Now that the torch is being passed to you, or has been passed to you, what what are you doing to ensure that that legacy of the family name is is still progressing? Mm -hmm. I'll go first, then. So y'all yeah, know I'm a financial guy. So I feel like the, the foundation of a true legacy, once you know you establish it at home, is building that 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 trust. You know, when we talk about the blueprint as far as legacy and just far as the community as a black people, like we don't have that protection, and then we don't have that that now that I passed away or now I gave you the torch, this is what I left for you. So it, it's all about just. Uh, just building the, the assets and the protection 
so the, the family can continue to progress. And, and we just keep stacking that on top of everything. So the first thing that I'm going to do is start a trust, um, throw some assets in there, get some businesses going, and then create and, cre and start creating a blueprint. So just taking from the immediate uh, men that I know, starting from my grandfather to my father to myself, and just backdate the blueprint to present. And just have that physically to one digitally now and physically and just write it. Kind of just start a, a journal of the of the legacy itself. That's what I'm doing. All right. For me, in terms of the legacy, I started the values. Uh, because we didn't we didn't we didn't come from a lot, but I never felt like I was without. So even and you know, my pops talks about not being, you know, with my mom or at the time. There's ne it was never one instance where I felt weird or odd or it felt like my dad was right there all the time. And when I think about legacy, I think it's about showing up, you know, being present, uh, being ready to seize the moment, to seize the day. And even though you don't know the next step, you're willing to take it and, and being bold. And, and showing that you're going to rely on faith more than the fear. And so when I look at the, the values that I intend on passing down to my son, my daughter, my family and the family as a whole right now, I think it's about uh, that coming of togetherness. Uh, we, had, we hosted we hosted an event uh, a couple of weeks back where we just were able to celebrate uh, my grandmother's. You hosted, sir. <laughs> Not us. Yeah. You. <laughs> Not me. I, I just stayed on the grill. Yeah. Back. Back. You did that. Not me. Yeah. But it, it, it was it was just it was just very it was very important for us to come together as a family and you realize, you know, how, how short time is. Mm. Uh, so when you talk about legacy, there's a time there's a time component to that, that, that things aren't still. That, there, that there, there's there's movement that's happening and whether you want it to or not, you know, pe people are going on with their lives and their days. And so just to see us together, laughing, smiling, drinking, enjoying each other, that's the type of situation for a legacy that I want to instill and pass down because we have to come together at some point because I, you know, for me, you know, you all know what I want to do personally. I can't say I want to bring together black people and then I can't bring together my own family. Mm -hmm. So I think I think a lot of things start in house and mm -hmm. then you build from there. And then to Marlo's point, you know, uh, creating the circumstance where your family understands the importance of the trust. You know, and I and we talked about it on some episodes prior where uh, it, it was so invaluable for, you know, what my father and I did with our grandparents before making that transition, just making sure that certain steps were in place before they made that transition. Um, and I think from the trust to owning businesses to how like you can create provisions within the trust where you have to have people meet certain conditions before they can even get access to certain capital or whatever those means are. Right. And I think creating that for us is so important because everybody's going to view things differently. Mm -hmm. But if you have if you create a blueprint where we're tribal in nature, we're fraternal in nature, where people are forced to you know bond and come together for specific moments and reasons where initially it may be to get this certain amount of capital. 
But in the process of that, you obtain the values that I was that I had, that my grandfather had, that my father had. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm looking at my legacy and um, continuing to move forward. And I and I truly just want to make him proud. JB. Well, y'all, y'all said that's all a lot. So you talk about you know the financials, um, the values and principles. I I agree. I think both of those things are in line, runs right in line with my thoughts as well when it comes to legacy. And just uh, the the last part, I would probably add on top of the the financial aspects and financial protections and and adherences and values is just the love, man. The love that that went into the investments made to take these to take these choices, these proactive choices to think beyond just yourself. Because sometimes we're in a community and we're in a space where everyone's only thinking about how can I maximize potential for myself? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for me? What does it look like for for us? But it's always still enclosed in your view instead of thinking about what, what it means for your children, your grandchildren, or for the people who produced you, that brought you here. Putting all of that in perspective and knowing that love was that common thread and how you need to keep that in the forefront of your mind. And, you know, and if you have that love there, that means God is there. So therefore, everything that happens, whether you can put as many trusts as you want together, you can have as many values as whatever, at the end of the day, what endures is that love, is that faith, is that understanding that mm-hmm. someone had a hand in producing me and someone starts with me. It can start with you. It doesn't matter if you came from great means or you came from very little means, but if you just had that love in, in, in your mind and your heart and you can learn to endure um, as you're starting to learn how to gain that kind of power and equity to then be able to instill into others, I think you'll be just fine. So I look forward to the legacy that we're actively building and creating together. And uh, I, I, I am prepared and, and happy to join this ride. You know? Thing, huh? Well, I would say for myself, I'm a combination of all three. Um, but for me, the one that I want to emphasize the most on would have to be that aspect of fostering love, um, better communication, um, and you know, I'm always a financial guy, right? So I want to, you know, me personally, I'm trying to build a, le- a legacy for my family to where. Don't nobody in my family has to work again unless it's for the company of the Phillips family. So that's something I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, you know, my dad tells me all the time. You know, like I said, he, he tells me when I was a child, like the prodigy son. You know, you got this. You're gonna be the one to take us here. So I I, I wear that with pride, um, and that's 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 what I plan on doing. So. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, brothers. Appreciate you, gentlemen, for this episode. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. We appreciate it. So I love it. Yeah. 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 I love it. This 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 needs to be more of a norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than anything. So. Father, great job. All See right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Thank you. 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 <laughs> All right, so I think that turned out pretty good.